Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. This turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned in to episode 116 of them things of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. All right, so much love and respect to everybody who listened to episode 115. Uh, hopefully, you guys took a lot from that and uh, had a great time listening, and you shared it with a friend. Please continue to do that and let people know what is going on over here. They got a pretty uh, clean podcast over here. You know, giving you some uh, some nice old school radio vibes without the commercials. Nah, I mean, but um, let's see what has been going on over here for me. So um, I've been getting involved with my neighborhood. Uh, we have me and the wife. Uh, let's see here. We uh, I attended our first uh, neighborhood association meeting. Uh, and it was right up in the neighborhood uh, school, which is not too far from my house. Probably, um, what, maybe, I don't know, maybe about 200 feet from my, from my house. Maybe not even that. Um, and yeah, so, and it's attached to a boys and girls club. So me and the wife, we uh, got our Christmas gift finally set up. So we got a, a little free library. So shout out to littlefreelibrary.org. Um, so what that is, is I don't know if you guys ever seen them. So basically, uh, homeowners put them up in their neighborhoods, uh, or you see them in front of schools. So they're, uh, it looks like a giant, um, birdhouse, right? Sitting on a solid four by four post and, uh, sort of like a mailbox. It looks like a, but it's a lot bigger. So it's, it's, uh, it can fit. Uh, books has two shelves and it has like a clear you know glass um door and uh you know it's it's uh, ours is pretty fly so um basically we wrote an essay what my wife did she penned together a wonderful essay speaking about how we how we live in a um, book desert because we we are on the north side of the city um and uh, there's really, I don't think there's any other little free libraries in Omaha like that, or especially on the north side. And so, because um, we were going to buy one, uh, you look at the prices and it's a, it, it'll come out to about almost $700 for the post and for the uh, actual um, uh, little free library um, that goes on top. So we were going to buy it, but then we were like, okay, well, they give out these what they call like grants for free ones if you live in you know an area that needs it and we really do need it um we have tons of kids who walk by our house going to school and so um yeah and we got it which was amazing it took a long time to get there it's march and we wrote it in what late december or whatever uh my wife did 
So shout out to her for pinning together a beautiful essay and moving the folks to do that and saved us almost $700. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but we always we, we wanted to do something um, to improve our neighborhood, our community, turn it into a community. So we were just thinking of what can we do? And so that's what we decided, you know, for our Christmas gift. And so um, it came with some books. Um, we had a very nice uh, weekend uh, this past Saturday. It was shit in the mid 50s and so basically what i did was um you know the ground was still frozen you know it was still in march so the ground was frozen so basically just took a bucket of hot water poured it over the spot where i was going to dig the post uh the hole for the post using a post digger and uh shout out to my father-in-law for giving me that post digger because i've been using that more than I've, I've needed to but it's all good and uh so i've really been utilizing that so uh yeah so i let that sit and then just you know got to digging away and then uh put the post in there put some pea gravel in there just in case somebody knocks it over you know so um but it should be it should be a-okay for the location that we have and so with this uh so we got it up and uh and it's funny because i was at work sunday and uh my wife was telling me that a neighbor ran up on her and gave her like this huge hug like well she she was she pulled over to the side of the road and she ran up to the library looking at it and uh then she you know pulled into the driveway honking the horn and everything while my wife was bringing in groceries and uh she just gave her a big hug and introduced herself she's uh the treasurer of the um neighborhood association and so we had a meeting just this past tuesday and we made it into the letter or the um, itinerary and so my wife she had um, parent-teacher conferences at her job so I had to go because it was Tuesday night I was off and so um, the principal because we met at the school the elementary school so the principal was there of that school and then there's a boys and girls club attached to it and so the head of that boys and girls club was there and so uh, the cool thing about it what was dope is um basically um the school is going to partner with us by donating books so that's just a huge amazing thing and my wife's school is going to do is doing the same thing so we got two schools donating uh books for us and for the neighborhood kids so we can put into the little free library and um my neighbors you know in the neighborhood association they're going to collect canned goods and give it to us because on the top row we're not going to put another row of books we've put canned goods up there because you just you we turned it into a little free library and a pantry slash pantry because you just you just don't know what's going on because like i said where i live at it's like three four blocks you know east of me is just the hood just right there there's a whole bunch of dilapidated um you know um, apartment buildings there low-income folks living there and um it's pretty much the hood that's that's just pretty much what it is and a lot of those kids you know they walk up the hill walk right past the house and um you know you know i see them you know before i head to work you know i chunk up the deuce you know um, and if i see some out and i'm like hey have a good day and things like that and you know they wave back and um so we wanted to put that food in there because you just never know because i know what it's like to come home you know as a kid you know not having anything to eat and you know sometimes you know that school breakfast and that school lunch is all that you have to eat you know that's it you know you might not have shit at home to eat you know because you know 
you know, mom Dukes had to pay this bill, this bill, she didn't let this bill doubled up because she didn't have enough to pay it last month and things like that. And then, you know, food stamps running low or whatever, you know, so it's a situation where these kids can just stop by there, grab a book, you know, grab a jar of peanut butter, you know, or um, grab a bag of cashews, you know, and have a snack or take, you know, home a can of peas or can of corn and, you know, open that up, throw it in the microwave. Hopefully they ain't throwing it on top of the stove because they don't want to burn the house down or the apartment down, you know, and uh, they'll have something to eat. So and then what's even doper, like I said, my wife's school and the principal um, at the uh, school that's close to the house, they're partnering to give us uh, books, which is dope. The Boys and Girls Club, the guy who's the head of that Boys and Girls Club, they're going to do like a canned food drive for us, too. And, uh, you know, so just so we can keep them shelves stocked. And we got um, Omaha Public Schools has um, a spring break coming up. And so, uh, you know, I know a lot of kids is going to get a little bit warmer. It's going to be like in the late 40s, mid 50s. So a lot of kids are going to be out here heading up to the Boys and Girls Club. So hopefully, you know, they'll stop by, grab a book, grab a snack, you know, on their way home. And uh, we already had, you know, kids coming up and saying, oh, we love it. And um, we've had uh, a little note left from kids, you know, saying that they will be back to check out the books. And uh, the principal at the school by the house, he told me that he will make sure that the books are culturally diverse, you know, because you don't want to just have a certain kind of book in there. Um, so hopefully because it's a predominantly black neighborhood that we live in it is and then you got some of those uh, uh, Burmese kids are here too who live down uh, live down the street from me also so you know hopefully have a wide array of books you know showing different colors of heroes and uh, protagonists and antagonists to you know just the whole spectrum and uh, you know we just really want to you know show these kids you know that we, we are thinking about them and uh, you know we do love them and uh you know just so they can you know just read expand their minds have a full belly you know it's, it's one of them things where it's like it's the least you know we could do so um that's what i've been up to um that's why this episode is coming late um just you know just trying to do something you know turn my my hood into a neighborhood and it's dope meeting so many people um in the neighborhood group and uh you know i thought it was just gonna be just it's mainly older folks you know in my neighborhood it's like a retirement community um we got our house for a steal like if my if our house was out in a white flight area of town it would be at the very least 200 grand more than what we paid for it um it's a very beautiful older brick house and uh you know just because it's in a black neighborhood is why we got it so cheap that's what i honestly think because it's on the north side of the city don't nobody want to bother with them niggas but you know what i'm finding out in the trends that is happening now because i work in a white flight area um, i'm seeing more and more black folks out in these white flight areas and i'm seeing more white folks you know coming back to the central part of the city the north side of the city and we're seeing um new developments go up so i think it's going to be the old bait and switch you know i think black folks are going to start being shoveled further out west and these old white flight not older but these in these cookie cutter homes and these cookie cutter developments in these white flight areas and then 
you know, you're going to have white folks coming back to the central and the north side to these older homes, these older, uh, big sturdy homes, you know, where, uh, everything ain't cookie cutter, all the houses look different and, uh, you know, made out of quality material. So that's what I'm seeing the old bait and switch. But, you know, shout out to the Boys and Girls Club. Shout out to, you know, my wife's school. Shout out to the school just down the street uh, for helping us out with that and keeping it stocked. You know, because we didn't have any problem, you know, buying the food. And I think buying the books would have been an issue because, you know, books get pretty expensive. Um, but, uh, you know, we would have still done it. We would have still manipulated our budget to make it happen. But it's just great to partner with schools in our community and my neighbors. And so just shout out to them. And, uh, you know, if y'all got something y'all want to donate, you know, people in the city, y'all know how to reach me. Um, definitely shoot me an email at doragsandboatshoes at gmail.com or just hit me up on social media um, if you got any kind of books you want to donate. And also on top of that, um, it's not just kids books and teens books. Uh, we got adult books in there, too, um, you know, to uh, keep that brain going, you know, so hopefully adults ain't too shame to, you know, take a book or leave a book. You know what I'm saying? So um, we just want to have you know this inclusiveness you know of you know showing that hey uh this is a neighborhood you know so that's what i've been up to but let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen because i'm talking too damn much but um yeah so webster's dictionary has added 850 new words to the damn dictionary and uh some of those words that's been added has been officially uh added are cryptocurrency so, you know, that's like Bitcoin. Um, you know, I still don't know what's that backed by. You know, it's not backed on anything. But at the same time, the U.S. dollar isn't backed by anything either. It's not backed by like a precious metal or some stones or some kind of, you know, some kind of resource. You know, I guess it's just backed on the backs of Americans or some shit like that. You know, as far as like what's it actually worth, but hey, it is what it is. There's also uh, Harissa. Um, that's that's being added. And I actually heard that before at an Ethiopian restaurant. Um, that's a spicy North African uh, chili paste. And then uh, mansplain is is a, is a word now. It's officially a word, uh, which is dope. So uh, and it's actually a uh, women's Inter international women's day. So here, here you go, ladies. Um, let's see what else. Um, glamping. That's one. Uh, me and uh, my, my wife's people, uh, they always take a vacation up north and we do some glamping uh, up on the lake in these cabins that have indoor plumbing and they have a fridge and a stove and shit like that it, it's it's really nice and ac <laughs> so we be we be out there glamping uh having a good time so that's a word now glamping uh self-care uh that's a word uh let's see what else case sensitive uh antifa subtweet even made it in there that that's crazy uh life hack has made it and um bandwidth and let's see here. Oh, uh, approximations of speech like hmm, H M M, ooh, O O H, mm hmm. So M M dash H M M, and then whelp, W E L P have made it. So that so that's just some of the words. Um, so that's pretty dope. I'll have a link 
to the uh, article from Marion Webster about the 850 new words and definitions. So y'all can check that out and then y'all can, you know, go ahead and, um, you know, browse through the words and see if you learn something or two. On my uh, security system, we have a tablet um, that's like the brain of the security system or whatever. And so for the home screen, uh, we have a, a word of the day. And I can't remember any of them. Like, I'll see them in the morning when I come downstairs and eat some breakfast before work. And then I'll say it like three, four times and I'll say it in a sentence. But I can't remember none of them words for shit. <laughs> I don't know if I got to start taking some ginkgo bilobas or something. I don't know. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, hopefully, y'all watched last week's episode of Atlanta and y'all know about Florida Man. And uh, now we're about to talk about a Florida teacher. So if you don't know the joke, the running joke about Florida man, uh, Darius was in the car with uh, Ern, and they were in. Ern was talking about how his folks were going down to Florida, and uh, Darius was like, "Oh, they, they better be careful and be wary of uh, Florida man." And he's like, "Who's that?" He's like, "Think of him as a alt-right Johnny Appleseed." And uh, so basically, the whole gist of Florida man is this. So he's like, "Florida man, you know." kills unarmed black teenager florida man burst into the hospital room with his ex-girlfriend giving birth and punches the uh new boyfriend he said florida man punches a flamingo to death and uh florida man uh drives into is drunk and drives into a checkers and then another one was like florida man is caught by police eating another man's face and if you go on twitter right now you will see people you can go right now you can pause the show so go on twitter right now and uh look just just look up the hashtag either florida man or just type in florida man and you will see people just pulling up different florida man articles because they never say the name it's just the headline florida man and then so earn so i'm talking about atlanta on fx so hopefully y'all watching that because i talked about it in the last episode so hopefully y'all are peeping it out but uh so earn is like well, why would and like and so darius is saying that the florida man is a uh, you know is teamed up with the state government and he said why would he do that and he was like to keep black folks out of or from voting in florida <laughs> and it, it, it makes sense it makes sense but so we're going to talk about florida teacher right now we got two of them so we got one florida teacher who's exposed as being a white nationalist and uh she has a podcast with her white supremacist views and she uh appeared on other um uh podcasts also um kicking that bullshit <coughs> excuse me so this woman is uh let me see her name uh 25 year old uh dayana volatich and so she was trying to hide on social media and other uh and on her podcast under a pseudonym called uh tiana de la Kof. and she was basically bragging on this podcast and other white nationalist podcasts that she appeared on about teaching her views in public schools and then she, on a podcast, um, she had a guest on that uh, was against diversity in schools and was on that racial IQ shit, that race science bullshit, saying that a kid from Nigeria and a kid who came from Sweden are supposed to learn, aren't supposed to learn exactly the same. Uh, they don't have the same IQ. And um, 
and then, so she agreed and they both went on to argue that science has proven that certain races are smarter than others and then on the, the, the same episode this Volatich woman uh, people got wind of it and uh, she was giving out these crazy ideologies in her classroom and so she was approached by her principal and uh, about injecting political bias into the classroom and she, she, she was bragging about lying to the principal and saying it was not true and, she, and I quote she said she believed me and backed off and um, it's one of those things where you know she tries to be like a race realist you know and I don't know what the fuck that is but uh, and then somebody found her Twitter well HuffPost did and um and she had some just some bullshit ass tweets saying, you know, America's education system is designed to enable victimization when teachers are forced to learn about institutional racism and prove it's real when it isn't. I literally feel brain cells dying as I read this bullshit. Hashtag Sunday morning. And then she had another tweet talking about white privilege, question mark, prove to me that it exists. Show me statistics that prove whites benefit economically solely because of their race. Well, I mean, you can look at the, the wealth gap um, between whites and blacks. So, I mean, there you go. And then they will come in and then they will talk about, oh, but what about the Asians and yada 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 and all this other shit and you have to start talking about the reparations check that was cut from americans from americas and then the startup of small businesses and how so many black folks are left out of getting those small business loans to start their own business to be self-sufficient and when we have tried to be self-sufficient white folks have come in and bombed those communities you look at rosewood you look at tulsa oklahoma etc etc or you look at what happened down in i believe it was miami and then you look at what happened in california more specifically la when they start build, building them freeways through black businesses and tearing shit down so there you go all right and so this uh so this woman was basically um spewing white nationalist bullshit on her podcast left and right and now she has been removed from the classroom i don't know what the fuck that means uh but the citrus county school district superintendent uh just announced on sunday this past sunday she's been removed from the classroom so i don't know if there's an there should be an investigation going on who knows who the who the fuck knows and then it's one of those things where uh, the woman actually released a statement and she tried to say that it was satire. This is how um, goofy white supremacy starts, right? So it starts off as a joke. It starts off as, oh, let's throw on these uh, these sheets and these hoods and try to scare black folks like they're spooks. You know, let's try to spook black folks away from the voting polls and from, uh, you know, doing their jobs. And then, boom, next thing you know, you got the Klan. OK, and then um, it's actually how races started. Uh, also, when you start think uh, that's race science bullshit. So it's uh, what is it? Lynn Von Linnaeus. Uh, I think that's the name. And the sister um, breaks it down so lovely. Um, Dr. Joy DeGruy in her book, uh, Post Traumatic Slave Disorder, as far as how these guys really didn't have uh 
a decent college education. They just kind of came up with this race science bullshit and comparing black folks to monkeys and shit like that. And people kind of laughed it off. And then it just started, you know, a lie spread quicker than the truth. And then all of a sudden people start believing this shit you know from these lowly scholars and they're not even scholars and i say that loosely so this is how it always starts off it's like oh it's just a joke it's just a joke and it always reminds me of that nelly joke when he uh that nelly line when he says i'm just kidding like jason unless you're gonna do it you know that's how it starts off it starts off as a joke it's and then it's then the shit all of a sudden it gets real it's like when uh the cheeto in chief been running you know uh trump been running for years and then he just gets shoved out and now it's a joke that you know turned into this motherfucking being president right this and i feel like he was running as a joke just to build his brand he doesn't want to be the president uh his uh the first lady she don't want to be the first lady you know it's it's a fucking joke it is and so many people voted for him as a joke to thinking that he wasn't gonna win and voila here we are this is how it always starts with you know with uh white supremacist practices it always starts off as a joke and then all of a sudden it turns serious you know because it was always serious from the get-go but it's like oh let me <laughs> oh well, you gonna do it oh, oh, oh it's happening it's happening and you know see what i'm saying so then let's talk about another florida teacher okay so this guy uh, let's see here. Uh, this Florida teacher or Florida man, uh, David uh, Swinyar, he's a 48 year old math teacher at, let me see here, Kernan Middle School in Duval County. And uh, he's been uh, accused of belittling students, confronting them in a physically aggressive manner, and yelling racial epithets. You know, just being a fucking bigot. And uh, so in October of last year, while teaching his math class, uh, Swinger was having a conversation with students about the word fuck uh, after he overheard it. And then he says, if my daughter was dating someone who used the F word, I wouldn't have any respect for that nigger. And then he continues in the same conversation. And he says, if your boyfriend says bad things to you and or treats you wrong, that means that he's acting like a nigger. You should, you all should not be dating all these different African American boys because they are not worth it. And about two dozen students in his class acted as witnesses for the report, and most agreed that they clearly heard Swingyard say nigger. And this is who we want to arm, huh? These are the teachers that we want armed, huh? This is who the fuck we want. To fight off gun violence i mean if you ask me it looks like these motherfuckers would be you know fucking dirty hairy in the classroom often black kids little black kids so help me out what, what are we doing here and so with this guy he's talking about i never said that but if i did i'm sorry he know what the fuck he said and then he went on to try to defend himself by saying that he attends a black church but then after he said that, he began mocking black teachers, I mean preachers, that's what the students said when they confronted him about that. And uh, some students uh, told the investigator that he loves talking about politics and Donald Trump. And then he was telling the students that, and I quote, you are only enrolled in my class because you perform poorly on the standardized testing. That's fucked up. And that's fucked up. 
And so he's been like caught being aggressive towards the students and all this other shit. And lo and behold, he's only been suspended for 10 days without pay. Okay. Y'all, what's going on, Florida? Let me know. Let me know. Because the Florida we always see is like Orlando and like Miami. That's all you really see. Or if it's somewhere else, you'll see just like the football stadium or some shit like that. Motherfucking Florida is like fucking Alabama or Arkansas or Mississippi outside of Miami. Like, that's how it is in Orlando. Like, besides Disney World and Universal Studios, yikes. Okay, so they got the game all kind of fucked up. And this is who who we want to give give fucking guns to these kind of teachers that is wild to me this is why we need more teachers of color this is why we need more black men as teachers um we need shit like there's really there really is a shortage of black men as teachers we need more black women as teachers um you know we really need to jump in that field right there because you look at who's teaching your your kids it's fucking scary it is fucking scary who they let become a teacher but um summer jam screen is creeping up on 30 minutes and uh i think i proved my point about crazy ass teachers and uh having guns this is who we won't have guns uh so i'm gonna leave it to my man hove don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums. I don't want you out there digging in that little free library, trying to sell them damn books, all right? And trying to sell them canned goods for a couple of pennies, please. Stay out of there, sir. There's still that $2 up under the front doormat. All right, so moving on to selling hope like dope. Uh, this is one was actually quite easy. It had to be uh, Nashville Mayor Megan Barry and her head of security is former police sergeant Robert Forrest. All right. So if you haven't heard about this story, this is peak complexion for the protection and for the connection. So uh, uh, Megan Barry was the first female mayor of Nashville, and she was having an affair with Robert Forrest going on for almost two years. So she was going to be forced to pay back, I think, about $11,000 of taxpayers' money, and that also goes for Robert Forrest. He's got to pay back about $45,000, and they will avoid jail time and only serve three years probation. And you're like, oh, they they had an affair. Why should they pay back money? Well, these motherfuckers was jet-setting, willing and dealing, lying and flying all over, you know, taking these little trips and fucking the shit out of each other on the taxpayer's dime. And your mans was getting paid. He was racking up that OT. They said at one point he racked up uh, close to $50,000 and he was making about eighty four a year. Uh, that's a hell of a bonus ain't it you know for waxing down the mayor you know you up here getting 50 racks for that i mean shit was and he only got to pay back forty-five thousand. so was that other five thousand like consolation prize or some shit like that like i ah, just keep the five grand buddy i mean 
she's a dub you know what i'm saying it's like what the fuck are y'all doing and uh so yeah so he was getting paid overtime so he was he was waxing that pussy on the clock at on the taxpayer's dime that is wild and this is the first female mayor right and i just think with this story you know not only do they have the complexion for the connection for the protection but the bar has been set so low for politicians that you know it doesn't even surprise me you know and i feel that you know if the cheeto in chief was not in office this would have been a bigger story and they would have faced jail time i really do think so and i say that to say this you know uh, we have a so-called president that has had help from a foreign power to win the election he's racist sexist and xenophobic and we're carrying on like it's normal it's so outrageous right now but the shit that he's doing that is just it, we've normalized it because it's so fucking crazy what he's out here doing and we act like the shit is even a big deal but it's a huge deal and this woman like i said before is the first female mayor and she has to resign due to having an affair with her head of security now what kind of rachel marone frank farmer ass shit is this and if you don't know who these two people are um rachel marone and frank farmer google it and you'll get the reference all right she was a pioneer and she let the people down now i'm talking about the mayor here not rachel marone um i'm talking about megan barry and she really did let the people down especially little girls and teenagers and women looking up to her because it's like oh here you go you know being the first you know woman mayor doing all this fly shit and you had these big plans for a great transportation system and all this other shit i think it was about with five billion dollars or something like that for a new uh transportation system in nashville and the music city and here you go just playing in the stereotypes you know they they like to say that women are weak-minded leaders and they can be seduced and all this other shit and it and it just happens you know um it was sad that she lost her son who was obese and you know od'd on some opioids another victim of that and uh it looks like her husband is not going to uh file for divorce at all and uh so the deputy mayor has took over until august they're gonna hold a special election but um yeah she really did let little girls down you know by being corrupt like this you know because you you have to have a moral compass and i was talking about this on twitter to be a leader you really do have to have a moral compass um, you really have to have a fucking moral compass but again with this administration and what we're seeing here um the bar is so fucking low to the ground uh for politicians you know with the orange julius caesar in office that nothing surprises the american people you know people were actually giving her a pass and saying that you know people make mistakes and things like that well this is a two-year mistake you know this ain't nothing that you know this ain't nothing like oh it's just a you know uh, just lusty you know uh, a, a fucking duck you know and um this was an ongoing thing going on for over two years and i think on the low uh the head of security was just trying to get that paper and he's like oh i get some pussy on top of that well shit that's just the cherry on the sunday you know i'm getting this ot and i'm getting some pussy okay we living it up i wouldn't be surprised if his wife was in on it like yeah keep fucking her yeah keep on bring that bring that money home bring it home to mama i don't care what you do with that dick 
you know i got the pool boy you know so i'm i'm not i'm not surprised i am not surprised at fucking all because this bar has been set so low and that's why this story has not been a huge deal at all i mean talk about draining the swamp it's like shit you just dumping you know old sewage in the swamp you know what i'm saying you just killing off the gators and you know you just got fucking shit just swimming all over and you got the maggots and the flies taking over now but uh that's been selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l Alright, so holding this L has to go to Emma Stone for her blatant display of white feminism uh, on the uh, Oscars uh, this past Sunday. So she was presenting for Best Director and she said these four men and um, what is that woman's name? Uh, Greta Gerwig, there we go. So she said these four men and Greta Gerwig. Gerwig when she was announcing uh the nominees for best director uh so i thought feminism was intersectional we have to keep it that way right so we already know about the complaints that the sisters have and other women of color of being left out of movements you know or being used to further a white feminist uh agenda so the reason that i say that is because you had jordan peele a black man being nominated as best director and you had Guillermo del Toro who is a Mexican immigrant okay and help me out here Emma what you doing baby hmm what you doing boo hmm what you out here you out here uh you looking a little funny in the light hmm you looking a little Susan B Anthony like out here in these streets okay maybe she was still salty about la la land losing the moonlight i don't know who knows but that was no but that was on the real that's peak uh white feminist uh display right there that is at its height you know uh you know looking out for your own kind and uh not realizing or uh the struggles of other groups you know or using those groups to further your own agenda and then still leaving them to fight for their own uh struggles you know what i'm saying when you try to uh preach allyship uh but that was only to benefit you and nobody else instead of working as a team so i say that to say this you know black folks other uh persons of color I don't really like using that phrase, but uh, black folks specifically know the difference between a friend and an ally, okay? And when you're linking up with allies, make sure your agenda is being pushed, okay? And uh, Emma, you have to hold this L. Please hold it, shine it up. I'm gonna make it different colors, uh, just so you know uh, about the uh, intersectionality that you're dismissing, okay? Because that's what y'all be preaching. So I need you to practice what you preach, sister. You win. Perfect. All right. So moving on to not all heroes wear capes. Uh, first things first. Did y'all see that they about to give fucking Rachel Dolezal a Netflix documentary special? And I, when I first saw that, all the thing I thought was, hey, my loves netflix how much did you 
pay Rachel Dolezal. I bet you it was more than five hundred thousand. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that is the wildest shit. I don't. This is she's transracial. Uh, Rachel is transracial. I, uh, she's not saying that, but um, this is a situation where it's just like, God damn, how long is this fifteen minutes gonna last? Like they didn't gave her a whole last documentary, and I watched a clip of it. Uh, I forgot who posted it. Uh, some news site posted it, and uh, and she was talking with her son, her little black son, and um, and he was just talking about, you know, she could do anything she wants, you know, behind closed doors, but it's just how she presented it to the world. It makes it difficult on me and my siblings, and I'm just like, yeah, that is deep. That's deep, you know. And she came out and you know, saying that she was black and just lying about it. If you've been sleeping under a rock, Rachel Dolezal is uh, the white woman who was the head of a Washington branch NAACP, and she was trying to play like she was black, like she was a light-skinned black woman, and then it just came out, her parents stepped out and was like, no, nah, she's white. <laughs> it just came out the blue, like, she's white, and showed some older pictures of her when she didn't have them Bantu knots, <laughs> and she had the, <laughs> she just had the, she had some overalls on and a plaid shirt, and strong long hair long straight hair <laughs> people was asking her about it she would avoid it and shit and then she stepped down from being the president of the NAACP and uh you know she was you know she tried to tiptoe around it and then she was just came out and said she's white but she feels black and all this other shit and the the, the dick that negro must have gave her man it just had her going all the way out you know <laughs> he had her dickmatized webster's dictionary you need to add that in that motherfucker in them 800 i wonder is that in them 850 words dickmatized because he hit her with that 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 uh that porn star bbc gangbang dick <laughs> and she just went all the way black but uh yeah she ended up getting a netflix special and if you didn't get the reference to the hey my loves <laughs> that was from monique um people ask me why I, I haven't talked about that on the show um you know i stand with monique um you know after seeing that breakfast club interview it showed me that you know those those guys on that show will do anything to keep the lights on and to keep the ratings in place you know and that's what she meant when she uh told charlemagne aka leonard aka lenard <laughs> that's fucked up she kept calling him by his government and putting him in his place but that's what she meant a lot of people didn't know what she meant at the end when she told him he was the brother in uh, birth of a nation that walked his wife up to the master's house and let him sleep with her and then you know came and got her after he was done that's what that's what she meant that Charlemagne was you know that he would basically whore out you know him himself well not himself but shame black folks you know for some white dollars that's what it meant you know or for some butter biscuits you know and she really put that brother in his place I've never seen Charlemagne just that damn humbled and some people might not might not agree with me but um you know they didn't deserve she didn't deserve to be paid you know five hundred thousand dollars they should have paid her more than that you know more than that she wasn't asked to be paid the same as you know Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle 
but she needed to be paid more than that and then the and then it even came out that the deal was fucked up because on top of that five hundred thousand dollars so i guess i am talking about the monique situation but on top of that the five hundred thousand dollars it was like she couldn't tell jokes for like two years like provide new material for two years it was some old kind of slave ass deal you know i guess they thought she was that hard up for money but she's been doing clubs and gigs and you know keeping the lights on that way and um you know it was surprising to me then she went on the view and Whoopi goldberg was talking about she should have talked to her and all this other bullshit but Whoopi goldberg sat up there and let ted Danson put on blackface at her roast or whatever and she used to date him so uh, you know she gonna she she probably was gonna tell monique to you know cup some white balls and you know take a you know just take it on the chin you know what i'm saying one of them things well you gotta play the game you gotta play the game you gotta get this money you know some old shit like that and uh monique is honest and uh the only thing that i know where she's just kind of fucking up at, at is i would say having her husband as her manager i feel like she needs to get some get a real shark in there you know and i'm not saying brother can't handle his business but when you mix family and business it really don't mix well it's like oil and water you know and uh so but that's really all i got to say about that but we're talking about not all heroes uh wear capes um and we have to give it to the brother jordan peele i talked about in the last episode i talked about atlanta fx and uh the the this black renaissance that we're kind of seeing this uh, black surge you know creatives out here thriving so i have to give it to him uh for winning the oscar for best screenplay for the movie get out i knew that motherfucker wasn't gonna win best picture uh one atlanta black star uh ran a story uh, uh saying that one of the academy voters didn't like get out because of the message after the movie came out how people were breaking it down and saying that how it broke down like liberal racism and uh how the star uh i forgot the brother's name the star of the show um the movie um the british brother he um he came out talking about racism and she said she didn't want to hear that she just wanted to enjoy the movie you know she didn't it, she didn't think it was that deep so she she looked at it like it was just a regular ass horror movie and shit like that and um and i think that's why um who was that was it the sag or was the golden globes that nominated for like comedy or some shit like that being trying to be funny and disrespectful i think that was it the golden globes but yeah that was one of the academy voters and i think that's what it was um you have all these uh hollywood bigwigs you know who are voting and shit like that and they don't want to look at themselves as being bigoted but if it was one of those movies where uh you know it was that that in your face racism that nigger 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 type racism and not the the uh the clinton racism that liberal uh house dog racism and i've explained that um um not euphemism but uh uh analogy before you know that's what liberal racism looks like uh it looks like your pet how you treat your pet like oh, i love my pet he can have these scraps but he ain't sitting at this goddamn table you know what i'm saying he is not my equal you know he can sit in this you know he can lay in that bed you know that dilapidated beat up bed and 
shit like that and I'll let him outside to shit and piss but he better not shit he can't shit and piss in the house you know he can't rest in this bed you know that's what it looks like and uh so that's what the movie was kind of breaking down that liberal racism and um you know, I don't think they like that. I don't think they like that at all because they saw themselves in those, in those parents and in that and then in the uh, the girlfriend too. And then so many black folks love the movie, so it's just like you had that. Then on top of that, last year Moonlight won, which it shouldn't have won because that wasn't nothing but you know some coming of age movie by a little poor black kid getting bullied in school and his mama was a crackhead and he just happens to be gay it was beautifully shot but the story it was not good it was not good it was a liberal's wet dream um you know seeing some uh black kid struggle and ain't got a daddy and a drug dealer is now his uh father figure and his mama smoking crack and uh he's being bullied in school he could have been bullied they tried to allude to him being bullied in school because he was gay but that nigga was dusty as fuck in school so that that could have been a major reason too wearing them beat up ass hospital shoes that he had on and uh you know that fucked up ass haircut too that made him a target um but in the cherry on the top was oh he's gay too okay hey we haven't seen this before and it's like yes you've seen all of this before except for the gay part except for the little nigga getting a hand job on the beach you know but i knew they weren't gonna let it happen two years in a row black folks winning but he still won for best screenplay and uh you know he was talking about how long it took him to write that movie and he kept coming back to it and he didn't think it was gonna get made and finally you know he just you know he just dove off the deep end and got it made and so that's just that's just dope right there and i really love that and i, I love this like i said this renaissance that we're experienced with uh black creatives you know we had a uh, coogler with um black panther now we got ava duvernay with uh, a wrinkle in time dropping uh, this upcoming weekend um it's just dope things that are just happening and it's it's amazing to see this and um yeah it's it's amazing it, it really is it really is it really is and i feel like uh black folks really got to take back the music portion too we really and i f- say that not artist wise but as far as like hip-hop reporting journalism you know things like that fashion like we really have to get back into it like black folks really have to get back into it we can't neglect that it's too many uh people who don't understand the culture of hip-hop making millions off of it making millions close to billions off of it so but that's not all heroes wear capes jordan peele all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and we're going to talk about money today all right we know that money buys freedom if food clothing and shelter is met abundantly then you can you have freedom to think about other things and to reach um you know the heights of your human experience right I know it sounds a little weird, but money does buy freedom. So this quote comes from P.T. Barnum, and it says, Money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. So I I wanted to talk about money. Uh, Give me just a second here. Because I came across a great article on uh, CNBC, and it was talking about that here's... So the title is in under CNN Money. I mean, CNBC, I'm sorry. 
uh, CNBC Money, and it's by uh, Kathleen Elkins. And it says, here's why some families earning $500,000 still don't have any savings. So uh, a financial advisor named Lori Atwood, she has about 400 clients in uh, the D.C. area, Washington, D.C., and she says some families earning about five hundred thousand a year still end up with little to no savings. She says true, but it's ridiculous, and it's basically um, what they call lifestyle creep. Um, so it's basically you know uh, you just living beyond your means. So you making that much money, but you still trying to you know keep up with the Joneses and live this fabulous life and you know the way to actually build wealth when you make a certain amount of money is to actually live below your means and stack your paper that's how it goes um so this laurie atwood uh lady said that and this is a fascinating to me is that ideally people would want to um spend no more than 43 percent of your take-home pay so this is after taxes on uh fixed costs like your housing child care car payments student loans credit card minimums you know uh everything the necessities like your bills and then you want to keep to about three to five thousand dollars on hand in cash if you're a homeowner and that's fucking true that is fucking true we had a nice nest egg and then stuff just kept on kept on coming up like when we got when we bought the house we thought we were sitting lovely with our savings but it's like oh we need this oh we need that and it's like fuck like oh we need a pool cover it's like okay there's eight hundred dollars right there oh we need a tv for the living room because we just had some smaller tv so we get this 65 inch tv and that was a pretty penny and then it's like um oh we need a bed we need a new bed we need a king size bed so you buy a whole bedroom set and then it's like oh now we need curtains for the bedroom and then you're like fuck curtains are expensive a king size bed is expensive a bedroom set is expensive it was just like jesus it just felt like you know we had furniture delivery just happening like all the time and you just looking at your savings account just down 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 and then you start getting hit with the um the uh sticker shock of you know heating and water consumption and uh your electricity bill goes up because you move from an apartment to a house and you're like damn so then you have to deal with that and now you have to deal with uh homeowners insurance that's a lot more than renter's insurance and you're like fuck so you're taking on new bills and then it's like uh then i had a situation with my truck my uh, damn transmission went out and some more stuff so um all together that was like twenty seven hundred dollars and i just got done we we i shouldn't say i we just got done paying that off i was thankful that i qualified for financing but then we just hurry up and paid that off because you don't want to just keep on paying and accruing more interest and paying more money so we hurry up and paid that off but it's just man like you really do need that much money like you need three to five racks even more if you're a homeowner because you know something might go out you know a furnace might go out water heater might go out you just never know 
what's going to happen you know your uh central air unit might go out then you're like fuck you know but that is true and uh i really like that 43 percent rule you know if you take home pay um i'm i'm gonna try that i'm gonna really try that because right now what me and the wife do we save 10 percent of our money into savings like every time we get paid 10 percent automatically you know goes into our savings account we got you know one savings account is like for serious shit and the other savings account is like for fun shit like if we're gonna go to a vacation and things like that then we just have our checking account but um yeah and then it says if you're a renting you should have about fifteen hundred dollars on deck which is true because if something goes out and you're renting you know the the uh property management or the uh, landlord you know they'll they're supposed to take care of that um but yeah yeah and uh this 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 is what's fascinating to me about these people having like 500 making 500 grand a year and not having anything in their savings you know little to no savings is uh you know just how i'll go back to what i've been saying so many times is about how how many americans more almost more than half americans um you know can't afford a 500 dollars emergency you know um and that's why you see these paycheck advance places pop up all over everywhere they're everywhere they're out you know they're in the hood they're out uh, well i know here in omaha they're in the hood they're out in white flight areas of the metropolitan area paycheck advances because folks are going there too getting that little 500 dollars um you just see it everywhere and um you know paycheck advance places um i'm getting so many credit card offers you know i was this is a sidestep this is how i know i'm getting old you know i had a damn uh discover card application i was pre-approved for a fucking discover card who the fuck still uses a discover card help me out that's why I'm like, I know I'm a, I know my credit is getting up there because I got a fucking Discover card. Or they must think I'm like fucking, you know, uh, 68 instead of 34. You know, they must think I'm some old ass man or some shit like that. I don't know. But a fucking Discover card. I mean, I just feel like next week I'll have a fucking Diners Club uh, application in the mail next, you know. But, anyways um like i said you know most americans can't afford a 500 emergency um so folks really need to stack their money and i know it's it's tougher than it sounds but most folks don't know the method do not know the method of paying themselves first like i said that my wife and i save 10 percent of our paychecks um on top of our 401ks and then i got a roth ira on top of those accounts you still pay yourself first and that's us paying ourselves first by depositing money into that savings account before we pay any bills you know so that's that's dope but i will link y'all to this uh, article because it has some great hyperlinks now that's a throwback word uh, but it has some great hyperlinks in the actual reading that breaks down how you can build a solid emergency fund and uh, keep more of what you earn and the key is to live below your means and invest and invest 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 but the major key is to live below your means and have some side hustles going on have some hot some side hustles going on either you got some stocks going on you know you selling cookies and pies on the side or you 
you know, you making t-shirts or, you know, you flashing your ass cheeks on your premium Snapchat and having people, you know, Google wallet you money to access to see your butt cheeks. You know, or you got like a Patreon page or OnlyFans page and you're selling quality content. You need a side hustle in this economy. You really do. You really do. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that I have for uh, this episode of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. And make sure y'all uh, click on those links that I be providing um, so y'all can check out, uh, you know, what I said and you know, do some fact checking and then learn some more and go down a rabbit hole and learn some things that you didn't know. And as always, I have nothing but love and respect for y'all. And I will see y'all next week. One.